I'm Tom Tilly on this very exciting day, face-to-face with Jan Fran, who already looks tired, even though the election's not over. She's been glued to the coverage for 24 hours. Can you tell by the bags under my eyes? Is that how obvious it is? Yeah, I mean, I probably shouldn't have started on the Prosecco at 10 o'clock in the morning, but I did, and now I'm here. It's been um, it's been a bit of a nail-biter, this one, for sure. Absolutely, and Joe Biden, I think, Jan, has a message for you. We're going to have to be patient. It's going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient. <laughs> you get that? I get that, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm chewing my nails. I think that message is probably more for the American people. They've got more at stake here than I do. All right, let's get the latest. Yeah, so it has been a pretty uh, a tight, extraordinary US election, actually. We don't really know the results yet. Yeah, so let's recap from yesterday. It kind of started like a bit of a flashback from 2016 as the results came in. It seemed like the pollsters who'd had Biden in, in the lead in states such as Florida had gotten it wrong again. Trump won the all-important state of Florida. Yeah, and as we bring this to you, Biden is closer to that all-important 270 electoral college votes number. That is the number of college votes he needs to win the election. He's currently at 238. Trump is close behind at 214. Now, these numbers may have changed by the time that you're hearing this, so just be aware of that. Yeah, so very late last night, American time, Joe Biden held a press conference urging voters to be patient and sounding pretty positive. It's not my place or Donald Trump's place to declare who's won this election. That's the decision of the American people. But I'm optimistic about this outcome. Yes, an hour after that, at about 2.21 a.m. in the morning, uh, Washington time, President Donald Trump spoke in the east wing of the White House. This is without question the latest news conference I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah, so then he went on to incorrectly claim that he'd won. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. So our goal now is to ensure the integrity... For the good of this nation, this is a very big moment. This is a major fraud in our nation. We want the law to be used in a proper manner. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, so very different reactions there from the two candidates, Biden saying it's not up to them to declare victory. Trump declaring victory and then some. Uh, You heard him say there that he's planning at least on going to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, Later in the briefing, we're going to tell you on what basis he might appeal to the Supreme Court and what actually might end up happening there. So that was last night. Since America woke up today, the president started tweeting again. He once again claimed that fake mail-in ballots supporting Biden were being dumped into the system. And several of those tweets, again, have been slapped with a warning that they may be misleading. Yeah, look, we should say there is no evidence to suggest that there are fake mail-in ballots. I think that that's something that the president is claiming But again, no evidence for it. Um, His campaign is demanding a recount in the state of Wisconsin. That is a crucial battleground state. Um, And Joe Biden does appear to have a narrow lead in that state. Yeah, a short time ago, Biden's campaign manager, Jen O'Malley-Dillon, gave this update. Joe Biden is on track to win this election and he will be the next president of the United States. We believe we are on a clear path to victory. By this afternoon, we expect that the vice president will have leads in states that put him over 270 electoral votes. Yeah, and it appears those Rust Belt states of Wisconsin, uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania, um, as expected, are going to be crucial there. Whip out the Prosecco. (laughs) Put the champagne on ice, I reckon. 
And in other news, and of course there is other news happening today as well, it's not just the US election, Uh, you know, we like to bring you good news when it happens in Australia. New South Wales will soon become the only place to welcome people from all Australian states. Hooray, including New Zealand. Yeah, and um, as you're about to hear from Gladys Berejiklian, including Victoria. That's the big one, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they've recorded zero cases and zero deaths for five days in a row now. There comes some level of risk and we accept that, but we believe that it's a cautious risk, it's a calculated risk, and we're confident that our health system and the processes we have in place in New South Wales will allow that to happen. And another typical 2020 moment. Again, one the bookies were not expecting. Queensland has stunned New South Wales in the state of origin. Yeah, it had all the hallmarks of 2020. It was like a sporting event that was played in a a city where it wouldn't normally be played at a time. It wouldn't be played. And a result, well, Queensland do have a habit of doing this. Um, The Blues led 10-0 at halftime at Adelaide Oval before the injury hit Maroons, turned the tables and scored three incredible tries. Yeah, so Queensland are now one win away from claiming the series. Game two is next Wednesday at ANZ Stadium in Sydney. All right, let's go deeper on the US election. Okay, we are going to take you to Washington to find out what is going on in this super tight election race. David Lipson's the ABC's Washington Bureau Chief. He's been travelling across America speaking to voters for months leading up to this all-important election. David, how likely is it this election will be called today? Look, it's possible. Um, The the Biden camp is exuding confidence about it. They think that they can win this election possibly without even needing Pennsylvania. Uh, They think that uh, that the votes are are very much turning their way uh, across those battleground states in the Midwest, like Wisconsin, Michigan. And also, uh, you know, Arizona was a surprise Uh, They actually believe that they still might have a chance in Georgia, uh, although they think that uh, North Carolina is is now not much uh, of a hope for them. Uh, So they've got a few pathways to victory, uh, and uh, they're they're pretty pretty confident that they may even have an answer by today. But there's been so much that's been unpredictable the last uh, 24, 48 hours. You, you wouldn't want to guarantee that that's going to happen in any sense. Yeah, and there's been lots of focus on those Rust Belt states, particularly Michigan, Wisconsin, um, Pennsylvania, as you mentioned. What, what has played out there? Well, essentially what we were told was going to happen uh, for weeks, uh, that is that the uh, first votes to be counted have been the votes that were cast on election day. Uh, and this is, you know, part of the reason we believe that Donald Trump has been saying don't use mail-in ballots, vote on the day. Um, So those were the first ones that were counted in in those Rust Belt states. Uh, And then they open up the mail-in ballots. It's different to what happens in Florida. Florida, they counted all the mail-in ballots. They had them all ready to roll before election day. Uh, But uh, across the, you know, every state has different rules. So across uh, those states that you mentioned, uh, it's going to take a few days and we expect them to fall very strongly to the Democrats, probably two to one or more in many cases. So uh, even though Trump has an advantage uh, in a few of those states, the Democrats uh, have that confidence that the, the rest of the votes that get counted, assuming they do get counted, will uh, will go their way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's clearly very tight and things are developing um, by the hour over there. 
Do you think that it's Joe Biden that now has the most likely path to victory at this point, or is it still a difficult thing to tell? Look, if you're talking probabilities, then yes, it looks like Donald Trump has a narrower path to victory. We've been saying that for months. Uh, And, you know, just because he's got a narrow path to victory, um, just because Joe Biden's got more options to win doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. So, yes, I would say it is more likely for a Biden victory, but, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to bet your house on it. And, David, you're in Washington. We can hear some of the noise. There's plenty of action as the day gets started there again. What have you seen around you over the last 24 hours? Well, last night, uh, apart from a few kind of militant groups on the streets, uh, but when I say a few, I mean a few, uh, a couple of hundred people, much smaller than the protests we saw a few months ago. Uh, but the rest of the city was deathly quiet. Uh, people were worried that things would blow up. Uh, there were a few lines of uh, police cars whizzing by every now and then. Uh, but today, it's a beautiful day. People are getting on with their lives. A lot of people staring at their phones, uh, scrolling away, trying to work out what's happening and who's going to be leading the country for the next four years. Uh, but uh, beyond that, uh, a pretty uh, a pretty normal day. I think there's been some surprising moments in this election. Trump um, probably did better than some polls would have suggested in Florida. But Biden flipped Arizona, um, which is an important state for him. I guess here in Australia... We might not know the inner workings of the different states in the US, but there are three or several key ones in play. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania yet to be called. Why are they so key to this election? Well, because they're swing states, the way the Electoral College system works is uh, each state allocates these votes. Uh, For example, Florida is a big state. It gets 29 votes. Uh, So... There are many states like, for example, New York and California that that fall every year very strongly in favour of the Democrats, no matter who is the the candidate. Um, And so, you know, they're not really in play. They're they're assumed votes. Whereas the swing states, it's a little bit like our electorates in Australia, the swing electorates, the the marginal seats, as we call them in Australia, uh, that's where all the energy of politics goes. And it's a similar thing here, but it's on a statewide level. And the reason it's um, so significant as well is that it's in almost all of the states a winner-takes-all environment. So even, for example, in Florida, if you win by just one vote uh, at the ballot box, you will get all 29 of those electoral college votes. So it's a bit of a quirky system. Um that throws up a few surprises we've seen. David, I think there was probably a bit of shock yesterday when people saw how close the race was going to be and and when they saw the betting odds swing in favour of Trump as well. Um, Where do you think Trump did well and in which states did he perform well that would have probably had some anti-Trump people kind of take those deep 2016 breaths? Look, I think Florida's the key and uh, Florida... Uh, he really outperformed amongst Latinos, particularly around Miami. We're talking mostly about Cuban-Americans, Venezuelans who fled socialist governments uh, and then their families as well, uh, because Donald Trump for a long time has been painting, in particular, Kamala Harris as a, a socialist uh, member of the, as he calls it, radical left, and it seemed to hit home with some of those Latinos. Um, he also did well with seniors, which in itself is not surprising. He, he always did, but 
Joe Biden was expected to do better with seniors, particularly in Florida, uh, because of the pandemic, which has uh, ravaged many states, but, uh, but certainly Florida as well. And, you know, Donald Trump has taken this approach of uh, forget about the pandemic. It's all about the economy. We've got to open things up. And it seemed to, uh, you know, um, resonate somewhat. Uh, yes, there are a lot of Americans that are worried about uh, coronavirus and uh, hate the way that he's handled it. But uh, it didn't seem to bite as much in, in places like Florida. Yeah, I mean, they've been, you know, putting out these these messages for months now and we've sort of been guessing about how they really resonate with the electorate. So what have we learned about which messages have worked with the American people? Well, I think the point about coronavirus is a big one. Um, Americans care about their hip pocket. It's, uh, it's sort of capitalism on steroids here and, uh, and money rules, business rules. Uh, and there's also a bit of a a sense that it's still, you know, the, the Wild West. It, it's that it, they love their freedom. That's why guns are out of control here. Uh, that's, uh, you know, you, you see it in, in a lot of elements of society. Freedom is paramount, and and that even applies in the midst of a pandemic. People want the freedom to be able to choose whether they want to lock down or wear a mask or whatever else. Uh, so I think that's one of the the messages that that Donald Trump latched onto early. Uh, and effectively, I think probably the other one as well, and we've got to really drill down into the numbers, but very early on, he was uh, very much in favour of the kind of law and order um, side of the argument over Black Lives Matter and uh, defunding police and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, now, that, I think, uh, was probably a pretty powerful message, and I think a, a lot of members of the far left uh, here in America probably hurt Joe Biden's chances by the ways that they protested, by the, the way that they moved around some cities like Washington in, in groups, harassing diners, uh, you know, getting in their faces saying, you've got to put your fist in the air or, or you know, we're going to shout you out of this restaurant. Uh, that, that's the sort of thing that really just uh, puts voters off and, and really um, helped Donald Trump with that message that, um, that the cities were under siege. Let's talk about the reaction of the two candidates because they both gave speeches, uh, both very different speeches. Talk us through what Biden said and what Trump said. Yeah, well, look, Biden came out first and he was exuding confidence and he was very upbeat. He was saying, look, we think we can win. It was pretty standard political speech uh, for someone who is confident or at the very least wants people to believe that they're confident uh, because, you know, that, that stuff can carry through in these circumstances. Donald Trump uh, was not a normal political speech. And to be frank, it was pretty dangerous. Um, it was pretty disturbing to watch uh, him come out and claim the election, saying that he'd won, saying that, uh, that the fraud had happened, suggesting that uh, any votes counted after the night uh, were in some way improper. Now, that's just nonsense. It's just wrong. And uh, every election, uh, votes are counted beyond the night, and especially this election with mail-in ballots and the large number of people that, that wanted to vote absentee. So, look, he has taken it to the next level. Uh, the reason I say it's dangerous is that he's just got so many supporters, tens of millions of them, that are absolutely convinced that he has won, that he was always going to win. He's now sort of locked in that narrative. And there are elements on the fringes of the Donald Trump camp 
that have said that they're willing to take up arms and and and, and fight, as they call it, tyranny, uh, if they see that anything untoward has happened. And they will believe Donald Trump over the media, no matter who says it, even if it's Fox News, no matter who says that, you know, in the case that Donald Trump loses, uh, they, and, and if Donald Trump is saying it, it, it was rigged or we won, that's when things could get pretty hairy here. Yeah. Yeah, he threatened a Supreme Court challenge as well in that speech. If that case is to go ahead, what would it actually be deciding on? Well, he seems to be suggesting that he's going to take action in the Supreme Court to to just stop the counting. Now, this is something he said for weeks as well. Now, I just don't have any inkling of understanding as to what legal basis you could, you know, inverted commas, stop the counting, because this is just how elections work. You, You count the votes. If it takes longer, it takes longer. It's the same in Australia. You've just got to count them. He mentioned that, uh, but then the other challenge that has been in the works for weeks is in Pennsylvania, which uh, may end up deciding this race. And Donald Trump identified that very early. So did Joe Biden. Basically, the the fight there is over mail-in ballots because uh, the Democratic government there uh, extended the deadline for mail-in ballots until three days after the election so that uh, if people posted a ballot, you know, a couple of days ago and it took a while in the mail, it would still be counted. Uh, so uh, it, it went all the way to the Supreme Court already once, and it was deadlocked 4-4 because the Trump administration hadn't yet installed Amy Coney Barrett, you know, that new conservative justice. Uh, so when it's deadlocked, it goes back to the previous ruling, which was in favour of allowing those votes. It'll probably be sent back again now that Amy Coney Barrett is there. Whether that'll matter, I don't know, but uh, they're the kind of challenges we can expect in the days ahead. Thank you so much, David, and, and all the best for the next few days. Thanks, guys. Good to talk. That was David Lipson from the ABC. Pretty wild ride, hey, Jan? Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, it's it's hard to tell exactly when this election will be called, but I think the next few days are going to be nail-biters, particularly in those key states. Um, And, it, you know, it doesn't bode well that Trump is wanting a recount in some of them. But, hey, we live in Australia and it's not really our election to call and it's not our consequences to bear, well, not as much as the Americans anyway. Definitely not. Yeah, I feel like it's been everything we expected in a way. The polls were wrong. We (laughs) we kind of (laughs) thought that might happen. Support for Trump was stronger than... um, the polls indicated. Trump has continued pushing this narrative about allegedly dodgy mail-in ballots. Those mail-in ballots and the, the huge number of them mean we don't know yet. And the strange one, and it just sort of comes back every election, that no matter what, despite even COVID, it's the economy stupid, as Bill Clinton's advisor famously said. Um, the COVID factor not being as big as people expected in this election. Mm. So that is it for today's podcast. Um, We'll have more election results for you tomorrow. So if you want, you can stay off the scroll of doom and just get the update in 24 hours. A Podcast One production.